Welcome to the MEFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Lee Hardman, Senior Currency Analyst at MEFG. It's Friday, 3rd November 2023, and joining Lee to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Jack Greenslade from the Global Customer Marketing Group. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Good afternoon, Lee. Happy Friday. Another busy week in markets. Yeah, no, hi, Jack. Uh, I guess it'd be uh, remiss of me if we didn't begin with today's big data point, the uh, non-farm payrolls, um, especially given the the dollar sell-off that followed. Do you think the move down in the dollar is justified? Yeah, no, I think today's report is important. Like it does show clearly now that there has been a significant slowdown in employment growth over the last kind of four to five months. Um, Certainly the September report looks more of an outlier now, that that strength we saw in in September. But if you look over the last kind of four to five months as a whole, employment growth has certainly on the private sector side has slowed closer towards 100,000 job gains per month, which is much, much slower. And um, it should give the Fed... Uh, more confidence that they've done enough now in terms of, of tightening policy. I think the Fed as well will obviously be encouraged that uh, average hourly earnings is also uh, slowing down as well. So um, the kind of way upside risks to inflation continue to to diminish. And even looking at the, the household survey as well, that was even more uh, disappointing than the establishment survey with, with a sharp increase in um unemployment and uh, the unemployment rate picking higher again it's now half a percentage point um, higher than the low from the start of this year and Mm -hmm. normally when you do see the unemployment rate rising by that amount it's usually followed by recession i would say at this point though this situation is somewhat different um in that a large part of that move in the unemployment rate is driven more by the labor force uh, increasing. So more people coming back into the labor force to try to get jobs um, rather than say driven by um, firing by, by businesses. So yes, we think the risk of recession is increasing in the U S but I wouldn't at this stage, it's not a kind of definitive signal that the U S is definitely heading into into recession, but, but for markets, it just definitely gives the, the market more confidence to price in an end to the, the Fed's rate hike cycle. And then the next logical step would be that the Fed's next policy move then more likely becomes a, a rate cut. So what we have seen certainly over the last couple of days is that the US rate market has moved again to price in uh, more aggressive cuts from the Fed next year. And that is ultimately what's kind of bringing the dollar down more more sharply. Yeah, of course, that, that dovish repricing of the Fed uh, curve there. Um, but of course, the dollar's been offered throughout the week as well. So what are the main drivers behind that dollar weakness we've seen really throughout the week? Yeah, I think the dollar, is, as we saw really last month, is that the dollar was kind of struggling to maintain its upward momentum. Mm-hmm. We got to a point where a lot of the good news is, was priced in for the dollar. I think we, kind of, we, we were kind of saying it was like peak dollar exceptionalism priced into markets and I think what we've seen over the past week is that the dollar is starting to lose some of its kind of relative appeal um, as US yields have, have found it more difficult to keep pushing higher 
we look at the say the ten year Treasury yield. Last month we we tried to break five above five percent, but failed. And this week we've seen a sharp move lower in in the ten year yield back towards the bottom of I guess more recent range at four and a half percent. So that sharp move lower in in longer term U.S. yields has certainly helped bring the dollar down uh, even before today's payrolls report and. There are kind of two main reasons why longer-term yields fell this week. Um, first being the uh, Treasury's um, refinancing uh, announcement for future uh, debt issuance. That did mm-hmm. show that the uh, Treasury was sensitive to the recent move higher in longer-term yields. So they did tweak some of their issuance plans to to basically move some of the planned issuance away from the longer end and more towards the, the shorter end. So that helped provide some relief for, for the longer end of the curve uh, in terms of supply. Uh, and then secondly, obviously, we had the, the Fed meeting as well earlier this week. And I think the message there from Chair, Chair Powell was that he was trying to portray that they're becoming more comfortable, that they don't need to raise rates further from from here. Like they haven't completely ruled out another hike if, if it was justified by by the data, but uh, by, by the fact that he was downplaying the... Uh, the, the projections from from the, the September meeting for one last hike, all of it was kind of just signaling that they feel that the the sharp move higher we've seen in market yields over the past couple of months, that's doing a lot of the the work for the Fed. So they don't mm-hmm. need to to raise rates further in our view. Yeah. And of course, that wasn't the only big central bank meeting we had uh, this week. What about the Bank of England? Uh, what are your thoughts on the latest um, policy update from the Bank of England? Yeah, I think the Bank of England as well was presented a, a similar message to, to the Fed in that if you look at their updated guidance, there's definitely a shift in focus away from the need to, to raise rates further to get inflation down towards signaling more to markets that what they need to do now is just keep rates at these higher levels for longer. So they, they kind of introduced into the statements the, uh, the, the guidance that the monetary policy needs to remain uh, at these restrictive levels for an extended period of time. Uh, and we did see some pushback as well from Governor Bailey um, against market expectations for earlier rate cuts uh, next year. So, yes, end of the hike cycle, it looks like we, we've kind of got to that point, but they, they obviously want to, to kind of keep a lid on expectations for yeah. uh, the market to, to price in rate cuts uh, at an earlier point from from next year um, and the main reason for that is that if you if you, even though the the bank of england did uh, downgrade their their growth forecast for the rest of this year and into the first half of next year that was partly offset by also a downgrade to the um, supply side growth forecast for the bank of england so even though they do think the unemployment rate will now rise more than they previously expected, up towards 5%, um, they don't think that's going to open up more spare capacity in the economy than they had been expecting because they feel that the labour market is is already tighter as a kind of starting point. So it actually needs the labour market to weaken more to bring inflation down. So until we see more evidence of inflation slowing, uh, perhaps a, an even sharper slowdown in, in the UK economy, I think the Bank of England is going to be reluctant to encourage the market to price in uh, further cuts at, at this point in time. But that's still our kind of base case scenario is that we think the Bank of England will cut next year and that we think they'll cut more than what's currently priced into the market because about 50 basis points of cuts by the end of next year. So we think they'll do more than that. 
Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we think there is still room for the pound to weaken further from here is that we don't think uh, the, the kind of the, the, the dovish out dovish repricing of, of Bank of England rate expectations. We don't think that's kind of fully, fully priced in yet. Hmm. Interesting. OK. And then just turning to the Middle East, um, I guess, finally, um, obviously, we're seeing quite a few evolving headlines about you know what's going on in the conflict. We're seeing a ground offensive underway in Gaza, um, potentially some escalation with Hezbollah as well, um, but not really much reaction in markets from what I gather. I mean, the move higher in oil, for example, looks to have already been retraced, really. Um, do you think this is a bit of market fatigue? Or... Yeah, no, it's an interesting reaction, like you say, where the market's yeah. largely kind of looking through the the risk from the middle east and not mm-hmm. not looking for a significant shock to the oil market or or global economy um, like you say initially we did see the swiss franc strengthen on the back of those heightened um, geopolitical tensions in in the middle east but even the swiss franc has recently given back some of those yeah. initial gains so yeah for us it's it's basically the market pricing in uh, an outlook basically that the conflict in the Middle East remains relatively contained between um, Israel and, and Hamas. Um, obviously, if, 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 if the conflict was to then broaden out to include countries such as Iran, then that that would be a big, big shock for markets and would be a lot more disruptive um, and increase the risk then of a, a bigger, bigger hit to uh, to global growth from from the uh, the tensions there. But I think for now the market, like I say, is, is is relatively kind of comfortable that the situation remains contained. And if that's the case, then um, volatility in the FX market will remain at these kind of lower levels. And that's certainly been one of the stories this week is that if you look at FX market volatility, that's dropped to fresh year-to-date lows. Obviously encouraged by the fact that it looks like the Fed and other major central banks now have brought an end to their their rate hike cycle. So that kind of drop in, in volatility there in markets this week has really kind of reignited interest uh, in uh, carry trades where we've seen sort of higher yielding EM currencies such as the Mexican peso have really started to outperform again this week. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Lee, and uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.